My name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor of Grand Valley Church, and we're a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope that this message helps you to explore faith and grow in your relationship with God. Hey everyone, good morning and welcome here to Grand Valley Church's online Easter service. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. And if you're here, would you say hi in the comments? Let us know you're here and maybe let us know what is something you're doing today to celebrate and remark that Easter is happening. Now, today on Easter, we are remembering this time that happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the grave, when the tomb was empty because love conquered over death. And so today we're remembering the greatest act of love that has ever happened on our earth. And we're going to ask this question and say, so why did this happen? Why did Jesus come to earth? Why did Jesus come to die and to be born again? And what was God accomplishing with this? Why did God choose that this was going to happen? Because the truth is, is that Easter is the center of a bigger narrative that has been unfolding for thousands of years and will still unfold and continue until Jesus returns. Because everything leading up to Easter, we can look at through scripture. And we know that Jesus set things into motion that are still not yet fully fulfilled, that have come into being, but they are not complete yet. And so that's this unique time period we are in right now with Easter where we live in the middle of this narrative that God has been telling and unwinding and unfolding and revealing, but there's still more in it yet to come. See, for centuries, God had been telling his people about the Messiah, about this one who would come named the Anointed One, who would begin a new era and a new kingdom. And we know now, when we look back, that that was Jesus. But at the time, as the people of God, as the Israelites looked at this anointed one, this Messiah, they wondered who would it be? Everyone had their own expectations about who the Messiah would be. Some people thought that the Messiah would be a great warrior, that the Messiah would raise up an army and, and drive Rome out, whose Rome was the superpower that had taken over the whole area and, and were oppressing the Israelites. They thought that the Messiah would be a warrior. Others thought that the Messiah would be a new high priest, a high priest that would restore the temple system and bring a new era of devotion to the law, that this would be the pinnacle of the people following the law and the old covenant that God had created with them, that this would be a new era of religious devotion to God. And still others thought that the Messiah would be a king, a powerful king that would politically maneuver the Israelites into having their freedom and their sovereignty again, and that this would create a new era of prosperity and fulfillment for the Israelites. But those weren't God's plans. Those were the plans that groups of people assumed as they read their scriptures and said, well, this is what it must be. But when Jesus came, Jesus had his own plan and his own purpose that he was setting into motion. Now, Jesus, when he came to earth as a baby, we know that story from Christmas that we talked about Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, God with us coming into the world. But after his birth, we only have one little story of him as a child going to the temple and astounding the religious leaders with his knowledge. But after that, we know nothing until Jesus' baptism. And he begins this ministry as a teacher. 
traveling and going about the countryside. And he starts gathering this following and gathering disciples to him. And then he starts revealing his compassion and his love in the miracles that he performed, the people that he healed, the sickness that he cast out. But the mark of Jesus was that he taught with this authority that no one had ever seen before. Every time he spoke, people were astounded with the wisdom and the insight and this new kingdom that he kept talking about that people couldn't wrap their heads around. But if we go back in time, if we rewind the story back to the days of Abram, we actually start to see the beginning of what Jesus was doing in his ministry. Because God gave a promise to Abraham about the future of the whole world. And it's found in Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. And it's the beginning of this covenant narrative that is all through our scripture and is still unfolding today. And God says to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed by, through you. See, the language in that, we often get hung up on the curse. And we say, what does it mean to curse those who treat you with contempt? But if we go back to Abraham's day in a very tribalistic society, curses were common. Every tribe was fighting with one another for land, for resources, for livestock. And to curse another tribe for something they had done to you was very common. But what was unique was the language of blessing. That was not common for the day. And especially this last piece that God says, where all the families on earth will be blessed through you. See, God began this covenant and Abram was faithful and followed God. And eventually he has a son named Isaac. And Abram says, well, this isn't all the descendants you promised me. This isn't the great nation that you promised. But God says, hold up, I have a longer plan. And he gives Abram an insight into what is to come in the future. And so throughout the story of the Israelites, throughout the Old Testament, God kept renewing his covenant with the Israelites And each time he would remind them that his promise to Abraham would still come true. And then God started to send the prophets. And some of these prophets had this unique privilege and unique role that they would start to tell the people about this Messiah, this anointed one that would come. That there was going to be a new era for God's people. And so we know that they were talking about Jesus. But to the Israelites, they could only look ahead with wonder, wondering what would happen. But this new covenant came to pass during our New Testament. In fact, Jesus was gathered with his disciples just hours before his arrest, when he began this new covenant between God and the whole world. And Jesus' disciples were celebrating something called the Passover. And the Passover was this festival that remembered the way that God had delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. That because of the blood of the Passover lamb sprinkled on their doorposts, they were protected from the angel of death. And they were able to leave Israel and embark onto being a new nation with their own freedom. And so every year, the Israelites would gather and celebrate the Passover. 
But as Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his disciples, Jesus does something completely unprecedented. He changes the Passover meal. And so Jesus takes these elements and he re-explains them and he reinterprets them for his disciples. And we pick this up in the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus says to his disciples, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now, I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus' disciples, they would have been questioning this already and saying, what do you mean you're not going to celebrate the Passover again? We do this every year. Its meaning was fulfilled thousands of years ago. But Jesus is saying, no, there is a new meaning that I am telling into this story right now. And so Jesus takes the wine and the bread, and he explains that they represent his body and his blood that's about to be poured out as a sacrifice for their sake for the sake of all of humanity. And then Luke says this just a few verses down. He says, After supper, Jesus took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Jesus was inaugurating a new covenant in this moment, a covenant that would come to fruition with Jesus' death, and then later his resurrection. But the disciples didn't understand this in the moment. Jesus knew that they weren't going to fully understand at that point, but that understanding would follow later. And so a few hours after this, when Jesus is betrayed and and arrested, his disciples scattered and hid. Peter followed part of the way, all the way to the high priest's courtyard. But even there, one question, Peter denied Jesus three times. And so Jesus gets put on this mock trial, this trial that has no real authority and they can't even agree on the charges against him. But they want Jesus gone so badly that they take him to Pilate and they convince Pilate that this man, that Jesus needs to die. And Pilate doesn't see a reason. He thinks that Jesus is innocent. But he knows that if he releases Jesus, that it's going to cause a riot and a mob and things aren't going to end well. And so Pilate washes his hands, maybe with soap and water for 20 seconds, we hope. But he washes his hands and says, this man's blood is not on me, it's on you. And the religious leaders accept. And so Jesus is whipped and beaten and crucified on a cross. And he dies. And everyone looks at him and says, how could this person have been the Messiah? How could he be the Messiah if he died? And for those three days, everything was uncertain. For those three days, the disciples hid, scared to show their faces, scared to see what was going on around them. But that's not the end of the story. Because this is what happens. And we're going to jump over to John's gospel. And John was one of Jesus' disciples. And late in John's life, he's writing down his gospel so that it's preserved for future generations. And he says this, he says, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark. And he doesn't say this just to mean that it was before sunrise. He's describing this as the dark moment. This is the moment where there is no light in the world because their Messiah is dead. And they believe him to be dead. 
But Mary Magdalene, not even one of the disciples, Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb and sees that the stone has been rolled away from the entrance. And so she runs and finds Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And that means John. That's how he referred to himself. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. See, she assumed that Jesus' body had been stolen. And so the disciples, uh, Peter and John and Mary, they rush and they return back to the tomb. Because this is what it reveals, is no one, not even Jesus' closest followers, expected that tomb to be empty. They all thought that he would still be lying there in his body. But here's what happens. Then the disciple who would reach the tomb first, that's John, also went in and he saw and he believed. For until then, he still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. It took until this moment for John to realize what Jesus was doing. When he talked three nights before about this new covenant being confirmed by his blood, John suddenly understood and said, this is what God was doing. Because the empty tomb and Jesus' resurrection created a new covenant between God and all of humanity. This is the beginning of the covenant that God had always been pointing towards and wanting to create. See, when this happened, when this new covenant comes into existence and Jesus creates it new, what happens is that all the barriers, all the restrictions, anything between humanity and God has now been wiped away and removed. And a new path is made open because of who Jesus is, being God's own son, God himself with flesh on, who came to be the ultimate sacrifice and to make a new path for us to step into God's presence. See, God's presence now lives with all of his followers lives in us. This is where we find our source of hope as followers of Jesus, that God's presence is with us wherever we are. See, hope is no longer found in following the rules of the Old Testament law. It's no longer found in doing the right thing. Instead, it's found in an empty grave that demonstrates that how Jesus sacrificed himself overcame the power of sin and death by demonstrating his own power, and that Jesus rose from the grave. Jesus opened a new path to God that was open and available for everyone. And I want to end by taking us back to one of the Old Testament prophets, a prophet known as Isaiah. And Isaiah had a lot of prophecies about the future that God gave to him to share and to say to the people. And one of them found later on in his ministry is this from Isaiah 49, verse 6, where God says, You will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles. That means anyone who's not an Israelite. I will make you a light to everyone. And you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. See, God's covenant had begun with Abraham and had extended to Abraham's descendants. But he was always looking forward to a time when his covenant would be with everyone. See, in this new covenant, God's love, salvation, and presence are freely available to everyone through Jesus.
See, this is what God's desire always was and always is and always will be, is to share his love with us. And Jesus' resurrection, the proof of that covenant being formed, is the reason that we share the gospel message of hope, love, and salvation for everyone. That's the reason why we celebrate Easter. That's the reason why we, the church, exist throughout the whole world, because we want to share this message of hope, love, and salvation. Because we know and we've experienced God living with us. And we know that God's desire is for everyone to have that same experience of knowing that God's love is with them. That is our call as a church, to invite people into knowing this freedom, love, hope, grace, the joy that comes through our faith and through a relationship with Jesus. That is why Easter had to happen, because it's what God had always been building towards and the reality of what he came to do. Let me take a moment and let's pray together. God, thank you that this was your plan, that you saw fit to come into the world, to reveal yourself, to make a new path open to you, that you willfully chose the sacrifice of the cross so that we could be in a relationship with you. And God, I pray that even as we, the church, are spread out over the world and spread out more than we normally are, I pray that we would still have a deep sense of your presence and your hope with us today and that we would find opportunities to share your presence and your hope and your love with those who are around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Easter Sunday. And we hope that that you'll share this message with people. You can even do it right through YouTube. You can hit the share button. Talk about this. Maybe if you know someone who needs to hear about why Easter matters, maybe you can share this. And another invite I want to share with you is that if you go to the description on this video, there's an online connect card. And if you want to get in touch with us, or maybe there's a a prayer request, or maybe you've chosen today to take that step of faith into saying that you want to put your trust in Jesus' life, would you let us know? Because we want to reach out, we want to connect with you, and we want to be part of your journey of faith. And so, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this part of Easter with us at the church. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Our Sunday services are online only, streaming at 11 a.m. on YouTube. You can find out more about our church by going to mygrandvalley.ca or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for My Grand Valley. Thanks for listening.